Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. It's 105 in Edmonton. Quickly in our Ashley Five Floors text line. Gary has texted me back to clarify. He meant to say that Hinshaw said no groups larger than 15 in one one spot until at least September 22nd this year. That is what he is inferring. So we're just trying to get, uh, Brendan, maybe what we'll get you to do here while I'm interviewing Mark Spector is go into the uh, Alberta Health website and they have the minutes from each day and just see if that is indeed, not that I don't trust Gary, just I would have thought there would have been a bigger deal made about that yesterday. And and frankly, at this stage, who knows where we're going to be in three weeks from now, a month from now, dealing with this. It's a challenge. Absolutely. That's a given. This is Oilers Now, brought to you by Digitex, who wish you and yours all the best during these uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Um, you can reach us on a River Cree Resort Casino hotline at 780-496-0063. We're going there momentarily. Again, you can always text us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line, uh, who have been providing winning results for over 35 years. And I do want to tell you, Brent Ridge Ford and Wetaskiwin focused on your health and peace of mind, and they're proud to be a part of Ford Canada's Built to Lend a Hand program, helping their customers through these difficult times, committed to social responsibility, safety, and supporting their valued clients through flexible financing, online sales, and support, and even delivery and mobile service. Find out more about how Brent Ridge Ford is built to lend a hand by calling 1-877-477-3673 or visiting brentridge.com. I think if you polled most Albertans and said, no gatherings of more than 15 people until September 22nd. I'm going to suggest to you that a lot would say it's a little bit premature to be making that uh, proclamation four months out. Let's see where it goes. It's been six weeks. It's a challenge for everybody out there on a day-to-day basis, and time will tell. Edmonton, right now, touch wood, things are pretty decent. There's under... 90 active cases of COVID in the province. Nine deaths in a span of about six weeks in the Edmonton zone. Uh, So that's out of 68 in the province. You know, there's different ways to look at numbers. Let's bring aboard Mark Spector. Hey, Speck, how are you? 
so doing fairly, fairly well. Bob, I'm going to say that if Dina Hinshaw said that September 22nd stat yesterday, that it would be widely known and talked about quite a bit. Yeah, because you have not seen that yet, have you? No, no, that's, you know, and every time someone, certainly in the, being guys in the sports world, I know when the governor of California came out and said something to the effect of, you know, no gatherings until I don't forget what it was, whether it was July or August, you know, it was all over Twitter, all over the news, all over everywhere. If Tina Hinshaw said that yesterday, I'd be darn surprised if we if she said it and we haven't heard it until now. How about that? Yeah, we're getting contrasting texts, so that's why I've asked Brendan to go in the minutes. Let's get the uh, facts here, Bob. Let's get right, facts, and it, right? What she said was all health protocols must be followed until September and that group gatherings won't be allowed. This is what a texter by the name of Micmac Paddywhack is saying. Um, <laughs> so you got to take that for what it is. But as far as specific number, it may fluctuate and become larger. Look, part of the reason why we're having this conversation, Spec, is because of what's gotten out over the last 72 hours about, you know, and the NHL has to plan it. It doesn't mean it's going to come to fruition. There's a distinct possibility we don't play hockey again until November. That is a distinct and real possibility. But it's also plausible. I mean, I watched a couple days ago with a couple of the most plugged-in people in the NHL saying 75-25, we're playing uh, at some point in the summer here, maybe July and August. Just your thoughts on sort of, I know you saw the Cerevalli piece. I know you saw Elliot's comments on it. Uh, give me your, uh, and we'll get into the 87 stuff in a second, but, you know, it's been a few days since we've talked, and this seems really gained some fruition here. How do you see this? Well, to me, there's, there's two sides to this. You know, I certainly sense and see, Bob, that the hockey world is getting its head around some type of a July and August thing here. At first, when it came out, a lot of people, even inside the games, had dismissed it. We were dismissive. But the league has gone ahead. They're preparing. They're, you know, there's a lot of wheels turning behind the scenes here on playing hockey this summer. So uh, that has increased, Bob. You're correct. I've read all the pieces. I see, you know, the top reporters in our in our journalistic hockey journalistic world here, you know, telling me that they think it's going to happen. So that's the first part of the story. But it's all predicated on the second part of the story, which takes us back to the Dina Hinshaws of the world, right? They're going to have the final say. They're going to be the ones that decide if all of this planning and all of these, you know, very interesting scenarios, I must admit, I read all these pieces with great interest, none of them mean nothing if Dina Hinshaw and her colleagues across Canada and the United States don't allow these things to happen. Well, it's interesting. Uh, Today, Rachel Notley uh, put a tweet out uh, basically saying, and, and this is the role of the opposition, but saying there should be a full investigation of what happened uh, in the Cargill uh, meat packing plant in southern Alberta, and then the one in Brooks as well. Uh, I, I wonder if Rachel has contacted her NDP cohort in BC and asked why they've only done 58% of the tests of the province of Alberta despite having 700,000 more people, but that's a conversation for a different time in a different place. So lots of people have different perspectives. You just said the people that you talk to, the plugged-in people at the top, they think we're playing. Is that right? Is that what I got out of line? Yeah, that's what you get. The hockey people think that this could happen, but uh, I'll repeat, their opinions don't mean a darn thing until the medical world tells them that their opinions can go forward. Yeah, it's going to be... Uh, I care and, and a lot I, more I, about what Dina Hinshaw says, respectfully speaking, sure, Bob, abs- than, absolutely. Than, what, than what 
Bill Daly says it. Though they are, though now Alberta Health, the point I'm making, Mark, is now Alberta Health Services, and I think she's been terrific, but now they're under the gun a bit because of what's happening, uh, you know, with a, with a couple of these meatpacking plants in southern Alberta, and it's leaked into Calgary. And uh, it, Because, frankly, the situation in Edmonton, touch Woodmark, is not that bad, and that is a contributing factor to why... I got to ask, you know what, I'm going to ask the listeners right now. Could we theoretically, is it fair to have a different set of rules for Edmonton than it is for Calgary and southern Alberta? If you know that you've gone from 26% to 12% of the overall cases in the province, Edmonton is down to 12%. They're like 450 cases out of 3,700 positive tests. Over 120,000 tests now have been done. Can you have a different set of rules for Edmonton than you could for Calgary and southern Alberta? So let me know. Can you do that in a province? I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I'm wondering, Mark, if that's going to happen in New York State. I wonder if Buffalo is going to be given a different set of rules than New York City. Can you do that in a state? (laughs) You're asking a sports writer, Bob, (laughs) who doesn't have that answer for you. Uh, You know, to me, Edmonton is clearly in a better state than Southern Alberta, but does opening up the, the, you know, the rules and the bringing people in and remember let's say you're doing this hockey thing and you're going to bring in what are they talking about maybe six hockey teams and the people that would come with that uh from all over the place uh do we look back a month later and go Ooh, that was a bad idea now we're brad, as bad as calgary brad has texted the, sh- the show here on our ashley fine floors text line he says there's no chance in hell they change the area for one area or change the rules for one area of the province than another they would never be able to control it it won't happen uh there you go so you can text us at 780-4960 bob does that make red deer no man's land well, Red Deer is actually not in a bad spot. I mean, we have Jack Michaels coming up here, time permitting, because we got to go to Shandro's press conference. But, uh, Spec, the county of Strathcona currently, guess how many active cases of COVID the county of Strathcona has? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How many? One. Hmm. Oh. Anyhow. It's not very many, Bob. Pardon me? It's not very many. Yeah, it's it's interesting stuff. Uh (laughs) now we're getting it you should see the text line it's awesome all right uh let's uh let's let's get back to uh focusing on something uh you wrote a piece today 87 team uh because a lot of people the, the 85 team got selected the greatest team in nhl history by the fans it's been my experience talking to the majority of the great oiler players that the 87 team is actually better you basically wrote that piece today so this is going to make for bad radio mark you know why because I think you and me both, and you wrote the Battle of Alberta. I think you and me both agree. I don't want to put words in your mouth. Do you think the 87 team is the best team? Uh, 
I think if I had to pick one, I'd say so. But, you know, talk like Wayne Gretzky wouldn't say that. You know, he was quoted in my piece questioning whether the 88 team wasn't better than 87. <laughs> so, you know, he loved the work that uh, Craig Simpson did in 88, right? He, he felt he more than replaced Ken Nelson. He thought that Steve Smith was a, a vastly improved player in 88 from 87. 88 uh, team didn't have Paul Coffey, Spack. Didn't have Paul Coffey, that's true. They did not have Paul Coffey. They did, have Ray, did they not have Real Roots Lane? No, they didn't have Roots Lane. He was on the 87 and the 90 teams. On oh, 90 so, teams, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's the point. Once you peel off one Hall of Fame player, it's kind of tough. But I'll tell you what, when Gret says it, I'm listening. And he wasn't willing to come out and tell me that the 87 team was the best team of all time. See, and people will say, well, you know, they got taken a seven games by Philly. Yeah. Because Hextall won the con Smythe. I mean, he was brilliant. He didn't give up. In three of the games, he didn't give up the knockout punch, right? They came back uh, three times in that series on one games where the Oilers were up by two goals back. And part of that, just like Grant Fuhr didn't used to give up the one that killed you, at right. that time, Ron Hextall was not giving up the goal that killed you. I mean, people mention 85, and the Flyers couldn't trust Pelly Lindbergh in goal and had to go to Bob Froze during the course of the 85 playoff series. And to me, that's the difference is the Oilers were playing a better Philly team because Philly had way better goaltending in 87 than 85. And that's part of the reason why I think the 87 team was better. Plus, they had Kent Elson. Plus, they had Rejo Rutsalain and Mark. Yeah, it was, I mean, there's no, you know, that's, we're, we're splitting hairs here in terms of great teams. What I've actually, I guess what I, I knew, but I didn't really remember, Paul, was, you know, Philly was Philly was really close to winning, being the, the team that won that series. And, you know, they played without their leading scorer, Tim Kerr, who was a you know, 50-goal man for several sure. years, right? Yep. Uh, they played uh, Poulin. Uh, Dave Poulin apparently was getting his ribs frozen every single night before the game started. He had broken ribs. Uh, you know, so two of their top players were playing injured. Mark Howe was injured, probably the best, I'd say their best defenseman. Mark Howe was injured the first shift of that series by Mark Messier. He got a Charlie horse. It was never the same. He said he was on crutches for three weeks after the series ended. So they still took Edmonton right down to the wire, 3-1 game in game seven. And they had a bunch of injuries. And the orders, I mean, I know everyone's beat up. The orders only played, they only lost two games in the first three rounds. So they were as rested as a Stanley Cup team could possibly be. And they still struggled to beat Philly. That Philly team, I think, it, it, they're better than we thought they were. Bob, how about that? They were a good team. There's no question. They were They were a weight. They did not get lit up the way the 85 team did. Like, you right. take a look at game five and 85, and it's a time warp. The Oilers were a team that could play today because of their speed. And the Flyers look like a team in the, uh, in the 70s. And conversely, and they were not getting stops. And that's the biggest thing is, as much as I'm not a personal fan of Ron Hextall's mark, the Ron Hextall factor changed the balance. Like, if Ron Hextall's in goal in 85, my guess is maybe that's a serious... Don't forget, game six and seven were back in Philly. Does he win one of the three games in Edmonton? Possibly. I think he gave his team... He talked about it with Reed Wilkins about how resilient the team was. I think that resilience came from Ron Hextall because they knew he wasn't going to screw them, giving up a goal at the wrong time to bury them. And that, and again, the Oilers. I mean, the Oilers had three nothing leads in games in that series and lost games back in '87. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Right? And and they, I mean, the type of, you, they had, Kevin Lowe had two shorthanded goals in Philadelphia in that series. Right? To give okay, Edmonton. Bob, I got a trivia question for you. Oh, great. Since you bring it up. Three NHL defensemen have had two shorthanded goals in the same Stanley Cup final. You just need one of them. Who is the other two? Does it give it away if you give me the year? I don't know the years. I just know the guys. How about the range of years? Uh, okay, I'd say uh, I'd say from about nineteen seventy to nineteen seventy eight. So we got to have a defenseman on Montreal. So okay. I'll, go Larry, I'll go Larry Robinson. Nope, Sir Savard. There you go, Sir Savard. He did it early. He did it early in the seventies. Is that right? Okay. I don't know the dates. I just know that Kevin Lowe told me this okay. <laughs> the other day. <laughs> okay. And and what was the other year? The uh, range of years. Ah, same. Maybe well, dip into the late sixties. Late sixties, early uh, late sixties. Well, another defenseman on Montreal. Are we talking Gila Point? No, no, I didn't say another defenseman on Montreal. Well, the only other team that won back then were the Flyers. They won in 74, 75. Think about it. Well, I guess Boston, 70 and 72, right? So I'll go mm-hmm. number four. I'll go Bobby Orr. There you go, Bobby Orr. That's very good deduction, Bob. You didn't yeah. that, uh, pull that down pretty good. Well, you think it, you knew it, something about hockey the way you did that. Are we really going to do this, Mark? You can't even remember what day you're supposed to do radio hits on this show. So, good point by you. You you know you know why, Mark? Because you were one of the happiest guys that first pot was legalized, and then second pot was considered an essential service. What does that What does that tell you in Canada that in an 18th month window it goes from being legalized to being an essential service? Yeah, that's something. Uh, so, I, I, Mark, I am overwhelmingly in the 87 camp, okay? And part of it is because the Flyers were pretty good, too. Like, the Oilers played a better team. Uh, there is a uh, – the NHL did a top uh, top defenseman of all time, obviously, NHL.com. They had Bobby Orr at the top of the list. Coffee was outside. I think he was fifth. And I gotta, yeah. I'm got. i going to say something here, and it's not popular. Was Ray Bork overrated? Uh, oh, I'm not going to say he was overrated. He was a really, really good player. But sometimes guys get overrated by playing on winning teams all the time, and they're not as good as you think they are. He didn't uh-huh. play on. He played on good teams, but they didn't win. Yeah, he did win a cup in Boston. So no, you know what? I'm going to. I'm not going to say that. I'm going to. I'm going to talk about also watching this series. You know who was who was underrated? In my opinion, was Mark Howell. He was a good player. Mark yeah. Howe was a fabulous defenseman. You know, he you know Paul Coffey won. Paul Coffey won cups with two different NHL teams. He did, yeah. And, that, and NHL.com. I mean, I, I just, I mean, it's interesting, right? Because you got Bobby Orr only. Well, he played about ten games for Chicago. That doesn't count. Uh, Ray Bork and Nick Lindstrom were both rated ahead of Paul Coffey. They only ever played. I guess you know Lindstrom only played for one team. Bork, you know, finally won a cup when he went to Colorado, but yep. was not necessarily their top piece in their lineup. And people say, well, what are you talking about? Coffee wasn't the Oilers' best player either. 
But I, I, I wonder. I, I wonder at times whether or not Paul is it. Is it my Edmonton John just a view in life that maybe Paul doesn't get all the credit he should get for being who he was? Well, I think that they're vastly different players. I mean, I don't think it, you know, Paul Coffey made his name. He was such a great skater. He just and watching this the '87 series again, the second game goes Saturday night. It, like. A, he's watching his stride. It's just a beautiful thing. But B, watching it compared to the rest of the teams, of the players on the ice. Like yeah. He's just such a superior skater. Next, It's like the way, in, in the same vein, the way McDavid is faster than all of his peers. Coffee too, has, a, has a, a more fluid stride than any other guy out there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... And, and Mark, just so you know, we we do have verification that uh, Henshaw said yesterday on your station. Go back and listen. It's about public events. The NHL, if it comes back, is not public because no fans uh, could work with AHS. So I guess it was about public gatherings. Who so that knows? doesn't include a, like, could you have a private gathering? What is a is a wedding a private gathering? I don't, I don't. I think we're wedding? getting. It's a slippery slope there. Uh, <laughs> just in terms of, can you do it by different zones? Different, you know, can you have one set of rules for Edmonton because they're experiencing X with COVID, and another uh, set of rules for Calgary or Southern Alberta? This texture says, Bob, the entire province is broken up into health zones. So why couldn't one zone be different than the other zone? Um, there you go. I mean, it's it's a tricky one, Mark. It, you know, I'm proud of Alberta. I'm proud that Alberta's tested twice as much as BC. I don't care if it's an NDP government in Alberta or an NDP gov- uh, or a PC, UCP, PC sort of version, UCP government in Alberta. I, I think it's great. I think Hinshaw's done a good job. And I want to see this province healthy as well. We'll see where all this goes moving forward. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think we're, you know, listen, most of North America is erring on the side of caution. And we're going to look back and go, and we're going to, I think, certainly in a place like Alberta where let's let's hope the numbers stay low, we're going to look back and say, man, did we need to be this cautious? And, boy, did we ever shut down a lot of industry? Did we have to do that? Well, you know what? I don't know if I want to find out the other, you know, the other side of that coin, right? I'm not sure that the alternative to... Being, being extra cautious here and now look at our numbers go, geez, those numbers are low in hindsight. Maybe we should have let our foot off the gas. Maybe. Mark, we have some breaking news. The Maybe. city of Calgary has canceled all public events through August the 31st. Calgary has. Just now. Oh, now, boy. we know what the politics are of Nenshi, and he's been a leader. And uh, uh, this is right up his alley, right up his wheelhouse, right? So they, they shut the stampede. They're, they've sort of been very proactive and he has a very strong political bent as you know that sort of is counter to the traditional perspective of albertans hey spec we got to run thanks man all right bobby have a great weekend yep there we go uh this question comes in how do you maintain two meters social distancing being on the bench on on the ice thank you well again that has to do with the type of testing that would need to take place we're a long ways away from this happening we all know that there's you know Never say never in terms of the possibility that we might be playing, but also it's entirely under the realm of possibility that we don't play. Do you want to mention the best pizza in the city? Still making a great Royal Pizza, multiple locations in Edmonton to serve you, including the original Royal Pizza in Old Strathcona. Royal Pizza has been Edmonton-owned and operated for 50-plus years. Uh, you can 
Order online, pay online at Royal Pizza, and they'll drop it off right at your place. Uh, they have pickup and delivery, royalpizza.ca. We'll take a quick timeout, 127 in Edmonton, off to a global news weather traffic update. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.